This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, July 12, 2015. The Gospel is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. The message is by the Reverend Ernie Tracy. Well, here we are on a gloomy, rainy Sunday with the gospel reading, which is so uplifting, isn't it? <laughs> this is why Father Ron took vacation in July, I know it. <laughs> it is an awful story. One preacher whose sermon I read this week said that it is a story where there is just no good news at all. And yet, here it is. It's uncharacteristic of Mark, really. You know, Mark is usually the sort of guy who just gives you a bare skeleton of a story and then rushes off to something else as fast as he can go. And what's he do when he gets to this story? He gives us the longest and fullest account in the Gospels. Really, Mark? Oh, and I suppose I could have chosen another one of the readings. Ephesians 1 is glorious, so much good there. I could have read about King David dancing before the ark and all that. Good story, maybe a bit more obscure, but good story. But here it is. I'm convinced that one of the benefits of the lectionary is that it forces us to face parts of the Bible that otherwise we'd go right on by as quickly as we could. So I'd like for us to take a look here. There is, after all, got to be a reason why Mark took this much space to tell this story in this much detail, and a story which only mentions Jesus in passing. So, first, first things. Let's go back and review the cast of characters, because it's easy to get confused. First of all, some of you probably can help me. Who is Herod? Okay, well, sort of, but we'll get there later. And have we seen Herod before? What? Well, not exactly. That was his daddy. Yeah, there were a lot of Herods. Uh, One of the things I looked at was uh, the story of what they call the Herodian dynasty. That family tree looked like a thicket. And (laughs) it all began when our Herod's father maneuvered himself into the kingship by, number one, marrying a woman from the royal family, and then systematically, one way and another, managing to get rid of all the remaining members of the family, so there he was. And then he talked the Romans into naming him as king, which 
They did, after all. It was still their land. They were still in charge. But Herod the Great, as we call him sometimes, started the rebuilding of the temple, did all sorts of things, but he was a brutal, vicious man. One of the Roman emperors said that uh, one was safer being Herod's pig than his son because Herod killed a good part of his own family when he thought they might be trying to take his place. Even though he wasn't much of a Jew, he probably wasn't going to have pork chops for dinner. Then there was Herod Antipas. That's the Herod we're dealing with now. He was one of Herod's sons. And when Herod died, he got a part of the area that his father had ruled over. But the Romans did not give him the title of king. Was he irked? Oh, terribly so. He wanted to be king. He knew he deserved to be king. In fact, his clamoring to be king finally got him shipped off to the boonies in Gaul. But that doesn't come yet in the story. Herod is one of those guys who just couldn't get any respect. The Romans obviously didn't respect him. They wouldn't name him as king. As for the Jews, well... Number one, he wasn't really Jewish. He was half Idumean. He had weaseled his way into the royal family. He was vicious. Oh, and you know, it, it really increased his uh, approval rating with the Jewish folks because he was the agent for the Romans, collected their taxes, you know, Plus, he was just a mean, brutal ruler. Well, Herod keeps trying to find a way to be recognized as king, and nobody wants to recognize him, really. And then there's this prophet who comes out of the wilderness, and he starts preaching and baptizing people, and he says, 